lights. It's seven Friday night. Welcome to another episode of Seven Friday Night. I'm Chase Bryson, the managing editor at Sports Stars Magazine, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Ben Enos. And as we embark on another Sunday evening recording session, I have to say that I have found today much more relaxing thanks to the 49ers not being involved at all. Ben, how was your weekend? Hello, all. Yes, I will say that my phone has enjoyed this break today. Technology can tell when negativity has infiltrated my aura, Chase. And it knows that during 49ers games, you are the male equivalent of Rachel Dratch's famous Debbie Downer character. I, on the other hand, am the laid-back equivalent of a Jack Johnson song. I feel strongly that you should provide banana pancakes for having to deal with you. You're always trying to give me something banana-flavored. Last week it was banana cream pie. You, do you have something against banana pancakes? I have. Say that right now. <laughs> America will judge. If I had a choice, I wouldn't. I mean, they're not on the top of my list. But I'm not saying okay. they're bad. Okay. I, I like so I like bananas. I don't like banana flavored things. So right. I don't usually choose banana flavored items. Well, this, this week's off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> Though in Vegas, I did have a bite of the banana pancakes at hash hash a go-go and they were delicious so can can i just point out that when you reference las vegas we're talking about your trip to las vegas during the season we're talking about your trip to <laughs> five-star mexican food during the season you know who's here toiling away for the people this guy this guy the other guy let's get on with the football that rant was very jack johnson of you right there yeah that's right you bring it out in me <laughs> Well, we have a jam-packed Tuesday episode for you football fans. Later in the show, we'll have our interview with the Campolino connection of quarterback Dasha Weaver and receiver Robbie Mascheroni. Plus, we're going to hand out some midseason honors, and Coach Terry Edson will make his weekly visit as well, we think. But before we get to all that, let's start how we always do, with a look back at our Friday games. You got to see a good one between our number four and number seven teams, Pittsburgh and McClymonds of Oakland. What were your impressions of each squad? See, we get into the show, and I get to start talking about Pirate Stadium, which is my happy place there when it go. comes to covering high school football. It was a dang good game, and one that the 39-21 to 21 score in favor of Pittsburgh actually doesn't really describe at all. Mac got within a point in the third quarter, but Pittsburgh's defense made the big plays late in the game that put things away. You know, to be honest, I saw a lot of what you said you saw in the Folsom game. Pittsburgh made mistakes, they struggled with penalties, and they had big issues on special teams. But uh, credit to the Pirates, and this is what Vic Galley said after the game, this time they persevered and they still managed to get a win. So that's a positive sign for Pittsburgh moving forward. On the other side, Mac looked dang good. I like the mixture at quarterback that Michael Peters used with Deontay Faison and Ferrari Miller alternating depending on the situation. Javion Thomas is one of the uh, Northern California's best running backs period. And the Pittsburgh staff really gave praise to the Warriors line after the game. I'll be interested to see how Mac fares against San Ramon Valley this week. Uh, and then I don't expect them really to be challenged again until they get deep into the postseason. So that's where I was Friday. It was a bit of a light week in terms of really intriguing matchups. So you elected to stay in your home region for the third week in a row and save the company on those gas receipts. 
feel free to tell us about the scintillating matchup you took in and try to convince us why we shouldn't expect to see you roaming the sidelines next week at the Cornerstone Christian versus Pinewood game at the Antioch Youth <laughs> Sports Complex. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I I don't think I'm going to be at a Bay Valley Athletic League or any East County game this week, so uh, I don't think I have to worry about that. But the one I was at last week, Heritage um, at Freedom, uh, was pretty much everything I expected for the most part. Uh, certainly Heritage was. They're a well-coached, Maximum effort team with a lot of Devon Rivers mixed in. The senior tailback was a steady workhorse on Friday, carrying the ball 37 times, 192 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, U.S. wrote a really nice feature on him and his family a year ago for Sports Stars, and we should definitely drop that into our episode extras this week for anyone who might have missed it. So Heritage wasn't fully healthy, but the Patriots sure were opportunistic on defense as they forced six turnovers. I also really liked what I saw out of receiver and defensive back Brooks Davis. He was only playing his sixth organized football game ever and came away with two catches for 140 yards and a touchdown. He also blocked a punt. So uh, on the other side, freedom is better than I think they get credit for. I liked running back Herschel Turner Jr. a lot. Uh, That's a program that is going to continue to grow, I think, which will be a good thing for the Bay Valley Athletic League. So now let's return to Rivers real quick. Through six games, he's now rushed for 1,264 yards and 18 touchdowns. And those are marks that have him on pace to factor heavily into our Offensive Player of the Year conversations come January. Perhaps he might even earn your vote for first half Offensive Player of the Year. Let's hand out some midseason awards. And let's start with Offensive Player of the Year. Who would you pick? Midseason awards. All right. Another thing we need a jingle for. This is binding. Uh, No no take backs, as the kids say. Um, It's a good question. There Actually, there are two... BVAL running backs in the top 10 of the state in yardage right now. Uh, Devin Rivers and Charles Brown over at Antioch. I do see on the Magic Max Preps machine that Rivers is sixth in the state in scoring with 20 touchdowns. So I think you can't go wrong if you're going to pick a running back for Offensive Player of the Year in Northern California. Devin is right there. Um, I do tend to skew quarterback in these discussions because of the importance of the position. I know who you may be talking about here, so I'm not <laughs> going to steal your thunder, uh, except to say that uh, I co-sign whatever you have to say. Um, <laughs> but I do want to give some honorable mention here to a school we don't talk about much, Johnson of Sacramento. Whoa. Their quarterback, Marino Fregata, is averaging 341 yards per game and has 26 touchdown passes. So I wanted to shout him out as maybe a guy more people should know about. Uh, and I, can I just say that while he didn't have a touchdown and the yardage wasn't crazy high because McClyman's game plan specifically for him, I maintain what I said last year, Rashid Williams at Pittsburgh is one of my absolute favorite receivers to watch. He is going to be an absolute monster at the next level. His catching ability is route running everything. He, he's one of my favorites and just a, a great young man to boot. So wanted to make sure to talk about him. Uh, your turn to let us know who rules the offense. Who would you take at the moment for offensive player of the year to this point? So, yeah. So for my first half offensive player of the year, I couldn't resist the efforts of a player I've mentioned more than once this year on the show. And you certainly first shouted it. I'm sure you thought that this was where I was going, but Downey Modesto quarterback, Connor Stoddard this past Friday, he had only two incompletions en route to a 292 yard four touchdown effort in a lopsided win over Modesto. For the year, he's now completed 
He's now completed 74% of his passes for a little less than 1,700 yards and 19 touchdowns. He's been intercepted only twice. He's also rushed for more than 200 yards and tacked on three more scores for a Knights team that's 6-0 and and just cracked our NorCal top 20. So that's the first name that came to my mind when I was thinking of who I would uh, crown at the midseason point as for Offensive Player of the Year. So A quarterback uh, in the southern reaches of the Sac Joaquin section. Crazy that you would figure that out. <laughs> hard, hard. Yeah, no kidding. Hard to believe. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'll get us started on the defensive side. And I'm going to kind of cop out here a little bit. And I'm just going to pick any of the three starting linebackers for NorCal's number one, Sarah San Mateo. The most impressive defensive effort I've seen this season came from the collective efforts of Jabari Mann, Danny New, and Marley Alapati in the Padres' win at De La Salle. Alapati had the best performance overall that night, though Mann may be having the best season overall to date. I would feel confident picking any of them as our defensive player of the year uh, come January if Sarah stays on its current trajectory. So. I would accuse you of copping out, but in reality, when I tried to think about this question, I came up with more than three. So uh, <laughs> maybe you're the one that's got your story straight. I, I kept it to <laughs> one team. Yeah, this I mean, this one is always tough because defensive stats are a lot harder to come by. Um, right. So I, I'll just give you some of the guys that I've been impressed with when I've seen them in person this year. I thought Silasa Vajrawale at Rancho Katati was one of the best defensive backs I've seen this year. Um, I would add Sheldon linebacker Scott Nixon as a guy that I thought was one of those Swiss Army Knives types, uh, can do a little bit of everything, rush the passer, defend the run, cover the pass. Um, Folsom had a couple guys play really well when I saw them. I'm not sure I could pick one. And then I'm going to add a little bit of recency bias here. I thought Tony Hamilton from McClyman's really flew around and made plays against Pittsburgh. He had both the interceptions in the third quarter, and I thought he was great all night. A couple more DBs that I would add, Kai Taylor at Pittsburgh and Jermaine Hargraves at El Cerrito. Um, I feel like a couple of the area's best defenses need some mention, so they, yep. would, make, they would make my short list as well. So, nice. yeah, lots of defense. Good defense we've seen this year. Um, last award, one more award. Let's pick a coach of the year, and I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to do you a solid right now. I'm going to pick Patrick Walsh. <laughs> uh, God, I, where could I have gotten this from? Yeah. Uh, 5-0, number one ranked in Northern California. The Padres beat Folsom De La Salle. You don't need me to tell you. That's like On picking, the road, back-to-back weeks. Yeah, that's like picking a one-to-nine shot with a $2 win bet, something that Coach Edson has told me never to do. Um, yeah, I'm not looking to win any creativity awards. Easy-peasy, lemon-squeezy, my friend. Who, who do you like in the coaching ranks? Well, I didn't, I, um, I, you said you were going to go coach. So I actually didn't go coach. Um, I decided oh. to make up my own award. Cause I don't, I, how can you top coach Walsh right now? You probably can't. I mean, of course you did. <laughs> I am. Um, uh, so, yeah, so I, I figured we'd, we'd rest on, on your coach, uh, award. And then I would give a newcomer of the year award. So for my final award, I'm going to name Granite Bay sophomore running back Carter Jackson as the midseason newcomer of the year. I saw Jackson score three times on Elk Grove in the Grizzlies' first game of the year, and he's not slowed down one bit. Through five games, he had 829 yards rushing and 15 TDs, and he also had another 100 yards receiving uh, with another score as well. So clearly there are big things ahead for, for that guy. I'll allow it. You just make up the rules as you go. It's fine. People want people want to know why you're winning the picks challenge. This is probably why. <laughs> All right. 
So, so speaking of the guys who are having big offensive seasons, we caught up with the quarterback and receiver duo that have helped lead Campolindo of Moraga to a 5-0 start this year. Dashiell Weaver and Robbie Mascheroni were both kind enough to join us for a chat about the Cougars, playing for coach Kevin Macy, gearing up for Diablo Athletic League play, and more. Let's have a listen. So we were unable to lock down a guest last week, so we're making it up this week by welcoming a pair of visitors. Joining us today is both halves of Campolino High's Dash and Mash offense. Guys, I haven't trademarked that yet, so feel free to run wild with it. <laughs> We've got Cougar senior quarterback Dasha Weaver and senior wide receiver Robbie Mascheroni. Campolindo is a perfect 5-0 as it opens play in the Foothill Division of the Diablo Athletic League this week. Weaver has passed for just shy of 1,200 yards with 14 touchdowns, and Mascheroni's 607 receiving yards ranks second in the North Coast section right now. Not a bad start, fellas. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> well, uh, let's start with the obvious here. You guys are 5-0 and uh, heading into league play with highlight wins over Aptos and Windsor. I mean, maybe that Windsor game gave your coaches a few more gray hairs, but but man, five and zero is tough to beat at this uh, at this point. Dashell, I'll start with you. What's been going so right for the Cougars so far this season? I got to say the the skill position and a lot of the juniors. Um, so many of the juniors have stepped up this year. We're an extremely young team. Um, you know, obviously Robbie. And I, we, we've been doing our thing, but on the defensive side, we have Charlie Murn and Robbie Horstadt, linebacker, who are uh, really leading that defense. Um, I, I do believe in tackles statistically and morally. Uh, so, I mean, you, you got to always look at Coach Macy as well and the coaching staff. So I think everything's just clicking well this season. Robbie, you guys have had a little bit of everything in your first five wins. A couple of relatively easy ones, an emotional revenge win at Aptos, a thriller against Windsor. Which of the five wins were you most proud of? Um, I'm going to have to say Aptos. I mean, after that game, I'll have admit, I started crying because <laughs> <laughs> I was just completely overwhelmed of the fact last year how it was such a just surprise. And then going to their place in Santa Cruz and being able to, I guess, somewhat avenge that win for the seniors last year because I knew how badly it hurt all of them. And just that one was probably the sweetest, in my opinion. I don't know that I've I've been doing this a long time. I don't know that I've ever seen a more shocking result than that one. When everybody heard the score and heard how it went down, it was like that can't be right. So uh, we feel you on that one. Um, Robbie, I'm going to stick with you. I've seen you guys play as juniors. I haven't seen you yet this year, but it in seeing you a couple times last year, it was just really easy to spot that connection that you have with your quarterback. First of all, how has that connection deepened and progressed as you guys have transitioned into being seniors? And then second, how have you guys worked around the fact that opposing defenses know that you guys are going to be looking for each other as a first option a lot of the time. I'd have to say we're just playing with Dashville from the start at freshman year. I mean, being, being able to stick with him throughout these, I'd say, four years and working in the summer and practice, I mean, we've just been, a, been able to develop a strong connection. And, I mean, we even went to Disneyland together, so that would even build to the connection of being in the happiest place on earth, right? So doing just <laughs> – just hanging out and having a fun time and just being friends, I think just adds to the connection even more. And then to the teams knowing it, I mean, it's just our trust in one another. I mean, 
I know that he's going to put the ball out there and I know that I have to go get it. And it's just, I think trust is a big thing that me and him both have with each other. So I think that it's a big contribution. All right. Uh, my next question is for Dash, but since, since Robbie opened the door, so we'll, we'll open a side session here. Best ride at Disneyland for each of you. Go. <laughs> oh, yikes. Uh, oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I have to go with the, the Cars ride. I love the Cars ride. Cars was one of my favorite movies growing up. <laughs> Solid. Matterhorn. I mean, I went there once, rode it, I think, 11 times. Just kept doing the single rider. Went boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Just <laughs> can never go wrong with that one. You got the abominable snowman. Always spooks you. It's always a good one. I feel strongly that if the season ends up really, really well for you guys, that there, <laughs> there has to be a return trip. <laughs> I think we'll have to make that a plan. Yeah, Fantastic. we'll see about that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dashiell, how is this year compared uh, to last year for you? Has the game kind of slowed down more in year two uh, as, as far as varsity? And how big of a difference uh, was it to have a full offseason knowing that you'd be the starting quarterback? Um, I mean, it definitely helped understanding and preparing, uh, shouting out my quarterback coaches from, uh, I think it's Jay Torchio, um, who went through Camp Lindo, played at Campo, went to Cal, played at Cal, and then also Ross Bowers. He's helped out the Bay Area quarterbacks a bunch. Um, so shout out them for, you know, getting me ready for this season. But I think back to what Robbie said, the biggest thing that I have going for this season is uh, trust. Um, Coach Macy trusts me so much more. Uh, Coach Schofield, our offensive coordinator, trusts me so much more. Um, you know, th there's been plenty of times where because uh, I have to go to the sideline to get the play every single play. And um, I'll look at Sco and it's just kind of like, hey, what do you want to run? Or I see this. You see this as well. Let's run this. So um, th there's a lot of communication, a lot of trust. It's not as much of a one-sided, I call the play type of thing. It's, um, you know, what do we see and let's perform off of it. Coach Torchio, well-known to Cal football fans and uh, Ross Bowers, also well-known to Cal football fans. <laughs> so you're doing well in the local category there. <laughs> um, uh, I'll ask this of both of you and Robbie, I'll start with you. Earlier this year, we, we spoke with a Diablo Athletic League coach who was pretty upfront with us uh, that this is Coach Macy's league until proven otherwise. You guys have both been around this program for a long time. You both have relatives who've played for Coach Macy. You know the deal. You know what Cougar football is all about. To you, what is the secret to Campo just continuing to be at the top year after year after year? That's a tough question. I'm going to have to say, I mean, love. Oh, you can go off that word. I mean, Coach Macy puts so much into, the, into this program. I mean, so much behind-the-scenes work that nobody really sees. And the fact that all the kids buy into what he's doing every year, I think that's a big factor to it. I mean, everybody – can connect with Coach Macy on a personal level and at a coaching level. So it's just good to know that, I mean, he'll always be there for you when you need it. I mean, in your lowest times and your highest times. And I think that's why everybody can – that's why we're so successful. Dashiell, surely there's some mathematical formula that I can conjure here, right, from Coach Macy, the math teacher. I mean, I, I, my first thought actually isn't anything about the school, but it's about, like Robbie said, love and love for the sport and love for the program. Um, we just had aired on 49ers Cal High Sports uh, two of our coaches who unfortunately had um, their significant others pass away due to breast cancer. 
Uh, and those two coaches, they show up every day. They're the most positive people. Um, you know, it's just this community and culture that we've built at Campo, uh, that Coach Macy has built at Campo, that has these coaches that want to come back and want to give to the kids. And like Robbie said, they the kids buy in. Um, every once in a while, we just have to sit down and recognize, you know, Coach Macy has built an amazing culture here at Campo. We couldn't be more blessed to have him. Do either of you have a favorite story about Coach Macy that you like to tell? <laughs> this fit for the airwaves? Uh, There's way too many. <laughs> There's at least three a day, I'd say. I mean, there's always there's always something you can talk about. I mean, it's just it's just it's also just great to be around him. I mean, from a learning aspect and from a kid aspect. I mean, it's just a lot of fun. He is famous uh, among those of us who've worked in this industry for a long time of always trying to convince us that his team is going to be worse than it really is. <laughs> famous. Yes. Yeah, he, he loves doing that. And I think 49ers Cal, I, perhaps they finally called him out on it. They were like, oh, <laughs> Coach Macy, you know, always says they're going to do bad. And yet here we are. Yep. The uh, Chase, remember the first time. We ever picked them to finish, and we had a new writer at the Contra Costa Times. I think she picked them to finish last that year in the season preview. That was the first state trip. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, so this is it for either of you again, uh, whoever wants to answer. But you guys openly play this week on the road at Benicia. What's going to be the focal point this week uh, for you guys? Uh, I can start. I mean – just to lock in and play our game, just the whole week focus, just worry about like just game plan right. And I think just to worry about us as a team that we handle the logistics together and that we don't try and think outside of the box and just think about what we're going to do and how we're going to handle it and just go out there and display it. Yeah, sticking to our coach's word, um, not losing our heads, thinking, oh, this is a massive revenge tour game. Um, it's just a football game. We got to go out there. We got to play Campo football and uh, execute on all cylinders. Well, that's going to do it uh, for this week. Thank you guys for taking some time to talk all things Campo football. For those who want to check these guys out, they will open league play on Friday night at Benicia, like Chase said. If for some reason you're coming from the East Bay and you can't spare the bridge toll, might I suggest the October 14th showdown in Moraga against Akalanis as a game that will get plenty of attention. Uh, Robbie and Dashel, thanks uh, for joining us, and good luck the rest of the way. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, guys. And now we're going to take a quick timeout for a quick message from Sports Stars Magazine's podcast partner, the California Army National Guard. At some point, your community will be challenged. It could be a flood forest fire, hurricane, or civil unrest. When it happens, be the one to answer the call. Rescue the stranded. Protect the threatened. Save the injured. Join the National Guard and serve your community when it needs you most. Visit nationalguard.com to find out more. Well, thanks again to Robbie and Dashel for taking a bit of time to talk shop with us. Now we welcome in the third member of our crew, Coach Terry Edson who was confronted with his nemesis, the bye week this week. Let's check in with the ball coach on how he filled his time and ask about what it's like to reach the midway point of the season for high schoolers. 
Well, we once again welcome back to the show the third member of this merry bunch, Coach Terry Edson. Coach, before we get into football talk for the week, Ben and I just finished wrapping up an interview with the Campolindo quarterback and receiver duo of Dashiell Weaver and Robbie Mastroni. And during the segment, the subject of Disneyland came up and we pulled each of them on their favorite rides. So with that in mind, I find myself curious, when was the last time you visited the happiest place on earth? And are there any pictures of you and Coach Ladd riding the teacups together? Oh, yeah, right. Okay, here we go. The teacups. I'd get sick on the teacups. First of all, you put the word Mary. You said Mary threesome in Disneyland. Mary and Disneyland do not go together. I always call Disneyland the unhappiest place in America. But uh, Hot takes. The last time I went to Disneyland was... My daughter had to be a senior. 2015, we had nationals at the Anaheim (laughs) Convention Center for dance. And I did manage to make it to Disneyland. I also made it to Los Alamitos for uh, simulcast wagering as well. (laughs) So it wasn't all a bust. Yeah. My favorite ride by far is Space Mountain. I love Space Mountain. That's the best ride at Disneyland as far as I'm concerned. They're going to turn that into a Buzz Lightyear ride, I think, now. What? Yes, that's what I that's what I heard. There's no what? more space. What? No, I, I, what? There's no space mountain. I believe the space mountain is going to be uh, renovated to be a Buzz Lightyear ride. Yes. Is it going to be the same kind of ride, or it'd be different? I, it'll still be a roller coaster style ride. Oh, uh, okay. All yeah. Right. Well, I also love uh, California Screaming too. Yeah, it's a quality ride as well. We. Yeah, we I like it. Coach Edson and I changed our schedules to accommodate Chase so that we could record when he was available. And here he comes telling us that Space Mountain is no longer going to be Space Mountain. The Grinch has officially stole Christmas before Christmas. (laughs) My goodness. It's absolutely true. It's ridiculous. I can tell you this, unless my daughters, who are in no uh, hurry to have kids, have grandchildren i'll never go to disneyland ever again but that, that's okay i've been enough times believe me all right um so we're, we're i am curious though if you are a disney movie fan and if we rule out remember the titans are you willing to share with the good people what your favorite disney classic is oh you know that's that's a good question because I forget what, you know, uh, when you think of Disney movies, I'm always thinking of, you know, like Little Mermaid and Finding Nemo and stuff like that. But then you say, like, remember the Titans? They I have to look at a list of, I don't really pay attention to what Disney's done, to be honest yeah. with you. If you had so to pick that, an animated one, what would you pick? Oh, Finding Nemo. All right. Yeah, yeah cool. I like Finding Nemo. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to assume that you did not spend your bye week binging on Disney Plus. So, <laughs> what did you do with a free Friday night? Uh, that's a great question. What did I do? <laughs> two Friday nights ago. Night? That's two nights ago. What did we do Friday night, honey? Uh, we watched Colbert from Thursday night. I know I did that. Um. <laughs> oh i know what i did wait i'm sorry i watched washington ucla i watched my alma mater play there we go yeah there we go yeah i know i did something worthwhile i go wait a second i know i did something decent yes and that's why and that's why mrs edson didn't know what you did because she wasn't watching that game yeah well she's watching this is what we do she watches uh whatever she wants on the uh 
in our living, our big, nice, big, uh, big screen. Then I just get my computer and get Xfinity on and I watch the game on my computer. That there was a go. good, that was a great game. That was a good game. All right. We'll talk some football now. We're very much at the mid season point. And I'm curious if high school football has such a thing as the dog days. Have you ever noticed? Oh, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> do oh boy, do they? <laughs> so yeah, that was my question. Have you ever noticed the grind start starting to wear on guys at this point in the year? And is this a time when teams can become most vulnerable to letdowns and swoons? And how did you guys approach those when you saw it happening? Yeah, well, there there's no doubt about it when uh, you play. Um, a super ridiculous and tough preseason. And then you get into some uh, games where, you know, there's a, at least you feel as a team, you have some mismatches. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you get in the dog days. Um, at least the, I think the, the best thing for kids well, to get out of the, the dog days was daylight savings because the weather always was changing. And so, you know, we're still got some 90 degree weather this week. And uh, we've even had times where it's been up in the high 90s, even, you know, in October. And it, it, they're just tired of heat and they want cool weather. And I get that. Uh, we're not running into the dog days here at Delosa High School because uh, we're trying to, we're still working on, on the redemption tour here. So uh, for this year. So uh, I, I guess, you know, that could be a positive to looking at what's going on with us, but you know, it, it, you get, to, I guess, you know, some teams get in the dog days when you, you know, like I would say without trying to offend anyone, uh, I would say a, a team like uh, Folsom Pittsburgh, that looks like they're, it's like they're ahead of their competition for league that they're going to run into that more teams that are are fighting you know there are certain teams that are going to be fighting for a playoff spot if a team last year did make the playoffs and they have a lot of senior laden team you don't really run into that problem because every game counts for them so it kind of depends where your team is on on the spectrum if you're out of the playoffs or like you're you know you lose the first couple league games and you're like one in seven or two and five Ouch. Yeah, that's really tough to keep your kids motivated and getting them to practice and the whole nine yards. It's hard to finish the season when those things are happening. So now the the uh, the glamour of, you know, thinking, hey, we might be this or we might be that as a team. When reality sinks in, that's when the dog digs really start hurting. Yeah. But you definitely have that in football for sure. Well, like you mentioned, there are no dog days to be found on the campus of De La Salle High School. We are not going to make you pick this game on Thursday because Chase is a nice person. But I'm going to guess you've seen film on St. Mary's of Stockton. So I'm curious what stands out to you about De La Salle's trip to Stockton this week. It's Friday, isn't it, Ben? Are you talking yes. about pick, picking you Thursday? You, you mean? won't be able to pick. Yeah, you no oh, picks. For let Thursday. me, because I'm going to pick St. Mary's so that we have a chance. Because <laughs> every time I pick the Spartans, we lose. So uh, give me that chance. You're not giving me that chance. I mean, come on. I want to try to get a victory here. Well, obviously, St. Mary's, Tony Franks does a great job. Uh, he's going to spread you out. They're going to have their athletes. Uh, you know, you got to – they've always – had good athletes, good skilled position kids, and you're just, you know, they're they're that's always going to be uh, an issue with them. And as you can see, they've put a lot of points on the board, and 
when when I was coaching against them, you know, I wanted once again my philosophy was always they were a big play team and take away the big plays, and you know uh, they still got off some ni- nice plays against us, but I always tried to make them uh, drive it up and down the field because that's just something they weren't used to doing. Is you know they're usually you know like quick screens, they throw those bubbles and all they have the athletes to go 70 yards. Right. I mean, that's what they're going to They can, they can score from anywhere. I always worried about teams that can score from anywhere because in your mind, a lead's never safe enough because you know, they can go 80 yards in one play. And so that always kept you on edge. And, and that's a Tony Frank's team. He does a great job with those kids and he, he's always had a good offense and, uh, it's one of those games again where you're going like you better put points on the board because you know they're going to score. All right. So yeah, well, we'll have you back for our pick show on Thursday. And uh, you were you were spurned again by a Spartan. So I was. Yeah. And lost again by under seven. Lost again by a touchdown. Again. <laughs> again. I'd rather just get blown out. It makes me feel so much better. But that's all right. That's all, all right. That, that's a Thursday story, though. Yeah, <laughs> so the, we'll get to that on Thursday. Well, uh, thanks for stopping by, and uh, we will see you on Thursday. Okay, boys. Thanks. <laughs> so, Ben, what do you think we could actually get on Facebook Marketplace for a signed picture of Coach Edson and Coach Lattister riding the teacups at Disneyland? I'm going to say it won't pay for my attempt to buy the Lamborghini. Probably not. Anyway. A good session, as always, from the old ball coach. And now we move on to the highlight of every show. Are you sure you don't want the spotlight of our closing read this week? I'm going to call that a hard pass, (laughs) sir, uh, for this week. But I will give you some incentive moving forward. If in the future there is a week in which your schedule does not change and we record as planned, I will do this for you. So there you go. It's on record. In the meantime, I have a pumpkin spice muffin to go crush. (laughs) Ben's Food Podcast returns. Oh, man. All right. Go go tell the people what they need to know. Let's do it. We want to once again thank Campolindo's Dasha Weaver and Robbie Mascheroni for coming on the show, as well as Coach Edson for making his usable stop. We build seven Friday night using Anchor, but the show is available on several platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. If you listen to shows on one of those platforms, search for 7 Friday Night and please rate and subscribe. Each of our episodes also get their own dedicated page on Sports Stars Magazine's web home, sportsstarsmag.com. You can stream the episode there, find links to various other platforms, and check out a variety of bonus items that we tend to include. Also, follow the show on Twitter at, at @sportsstarspods, and you should also be following Sports Stars Magazine at, at @sportsstarsmag. That's where you get all the latest updates on upcoming guests and more. Our cover art features photography and design by yours truly. And our theme music was produced and performed by Dustin Phillips. And there you go. Your pumpkin spice muffin has since been consumed, I'm, I'm sure. And now it's time for your final thoughts. Final thoughts. Well, for starters, I figured you would have subjected us all to a preview of every Bryson Valley Athletic League game <laughs> this week. So I'm a little surprised there. Beat writer for the BVAL. In terms of final thoughts, league play is here for nearly everyone, so it's nice to get back to some traditional rivalries and see where we go with those. Another week, another great set of games to choose from on Thursday. Can't wait. Yep, 
I'm looking forward to uh, heading out to Stockton along with Coach Edson to see uh, if De La Salle can get back on track. We will um, we'll be back uh, on Thursday to make our picks, and maybe one of us will pick that game. So we'll have to see. Uh, until then, uh, we'll see you guys on Thursday, fans. I'm getting spice for life. Not. Sorry, I nodded off.